Hi guys, hope everyone's well and welcome back to the Improvement Podcast. So today I'm going to touch on training the hamstrings and uh, before that, quick update on myself. So I'm currently 175.2 pounds this morning and uh, feeling the effects of dieting in the gym, I must admit. A uh, couple of the sessions this week, I, I was a couple of reps down and uh, it is what it is. My consistency has been there outside the gym. I've nailed everything. I've slept nine hours a night. I've been, yeah, I've been religious with my water, my food, stress management. I've done everything I can to the best of my ability. So it is what it is. Uh, yes, people, you hear people say you you don't drop strength when you're dieting, and oh, I progressed throughout my dieting phase. But it's different if you're competing on stage, if that makes sense, because of the level of body fat you're going to. As well as that, when you are competing on stage and getting to that level of condition as well, I, I, you're usually you're usually losing a bit of a larger amount over that time. And uh, apart from that, so you can potentially get like a second wind of progression if you are starting a dieting phase just due to maybe not being as consistent beforehand. Uh, but sadly, that wasn't the case for myself. Felt sounding smugger that but yes yeah, it's, it's been it's been pretty productive so far and still chipping away on some movements but for the most part i am not going to be progressing a ton on the compound movements it's more just retention and if i do chase progressions and it just leads to my form getting worse and that's just going to mean i'm probably not going to be able to put as great a stimulus on my muscle i'm probably going to be at more of a risk for injury so yeah it's good just admitting when you can take progressions and when you can't and just being sensible with it and i'm not feeling too bad a bit less energy i'm a bit draggy but it's bearable a bit hungry of course but well I'm, i've always got quite high appetite uh, that which is ideal if you're in a gaining phase not if you're dieting uh, and everything's going pretty good though the looks improving weekly and uh, AJ, my coach, is happy with it, so I'm happy with it. So, jumping into the episode, so I'm going to touch on today the role of the hamstring. And in terms of knowing how to train a muscle, we first need to know the role of the hamstring. Or, yeah, if we want to know how to train it effectively, we need to know what the muscle does. So, when we're thinking about the hamstring, its role is to extend at the hips and also bend at the knee or knee ex- or knee flexion in other words. Uh, so hip extension is basically going from being bent at the hips to straight at the hips. If that makes sense, like maybe like a Romanian deadlift. Uh, it could be a stiff leg deadlift as well. It will be used during, let's say, like a back squat especially a low bar back squat, not to the same extent, but will be used. And uh, also things like a hyperextension, where you see people lean into those pads, if that makes sense, when they've got like a pad supporting their hip, and it's sort of like a, sort of a similar movement to like a deadlift or that. Uh, so yeah, that's where we work hip extension, which is one of the rules of the hamstring, just basically straightening at the hips. And another rule of the hamstring it's basically knee flexion, so taking our knee from being extended to bent, uh, which can be something like a hamstring curl. It's just, 
yeah, your leg goes from straight to bent, basically. That's what the hamstring's responsible for. So, a fairly lengthened hamstring, meaning a hamstring fairly stretched, is when both your legs are straight and your hip is flexed. So, what does this look like? This looks like, like the bottom of a stiff leg deadlift or the bottom of a Romanian deadlift. That's your hamstring in the fully stretched position, which is why you feel that stretch quite significantly. Whereas a fully shortened hamstring is the opposite. So an opposite of that would be your hips being extended, so not being bent at the hips. So your hips being, like, yeah, extended, if that makes sense. Like a line hamstring curl and your leg being flexed, so your leg being fully bent. Which is why if you ever do a line hamstring curl, you feel a good squeeze on it, in other words. So, this kind of tells us what we should do when training the hamstring. So, movements that perform the above, like I said, a hamstring curl variation. So we can get knee flexion, train the knee in the bent position, or basically train the knee where we're working on the hamstring by bending the leg. And also a hip extension movement. So basically a remaining deadlift, straight leg deadlift, hyperextension, something where we're straightening at the hips. That will train all rules of the hamstring, all responsibilities of the hamstring, and basically all jobs that the hamstring has. So it will basically cover our back and mean we're not going to be leaving progression and room for room on the table for hamstring growth because we're doing all of its responsibilities, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I think if you want to maximise your hamstring development, you should have both, so you're training it in all positions it is worked in if that makes sense and in terms of hamstring curls so i'm going to talk a bit about them break them down break down the difference between each hamstring curl and uh, give you some guidance on what one you might want to do and why so when you think about a line hamstring curl like i said because you're not bent at the hips and because you're you can fully bend your knee you are fully shortening your hamstring you're fully contracting your hamstring so why would you want to do this? Uh, another good question to ask is why wouldn't you want to do it? Why wouldn't you want to fully squeeze, fully contract the muscle and uh, get the most out of it, if that makes sense? We do build muscle best in the middle and lengthened position. So when our muscle is stretched and in the middle of its range, if that makes sense. So that tells us we don't need a line hamstring curl. Uh, whereas a seated hamstring curl, that trains a hamstring in a bit of a stretch position more because we are more bent at the hips it won't be fully fully lengthened maybe fully stretched but it will get it pretty stretched and ideally you want one of the two just so you can isolate basically training the hamstring and focusing on flexing the knee knee flexion uh, which is one of the rules like i said uh, but you don't have to do both you but I'd, ideally recommend doing one not all gyms have both but all gyms usually have one which is ideal and in terms of which one you may want to do so studies have shown a seat hamstring curl leads to better muscle growth uh, and probably because like i was saying it is shown that we build muscle best in the middle and lengthened position of a muscle which a seat hamstring curl does a bit more than a line hamstring curl but Saying that, it depends. Like if you're doing a deadlift variation, that will train the hamstring in more of a stretched position. So does it make sense to do, do like two movements in one session that train a muscle in its stretched position? 
doesn't make a ton of sense just thinking about it. It's like, why would you do two movements that are going to train the muscle in the same position? It's, it's like, it's kind of, like you've already done it once, why do it again when you can train the muscle in another position and tax it in a position that's not been in that session? That's how I look at it. So that kind of lends itself to maybe being a good idea to do a line hamstring curl if you're doing like a deadlift variation in the same session. But saying that, if you don't have access to a line hamstring curl, it's completely fine. But yeah, at least do one. If you've got both, you could do one on each leg session or one when you're training like pull and one when you're training legs if you only have one leg session. And if you only want to do one, something to consider is which one can you lock into and progress the best. So for example, if when you're doing a hamstring curl variation, you can't keep still at all if you're on the line hamstring curl and you can't keep your hips flat and you feel like you're just recruiting a lot of lower back then you might want to just do a seat hamstring curl because a seat hamstring curl you can lock in a bit better because most seat hamstring curls clamp your legs down which can be great to keep locked in to keep nice and stable and to get full output out your hamstring meaning take it all the way to failure because some line hamstring curls just aren't designed great and it's really hard to stay stable and get the most out of your hamstring without other things moving about, which isn't ideal if we're trying to isolate a muscle. Uh, so yeah, that's something to consider as well because yes, on paper, one might be better than another, but if the one that may potentially be better than another, it's really hard for you to perform and lock in and maybe you have a rubbish machine then, is that the best option for yourself? Maybe not. So yeah, but I'd always recommend doing some sort of hamstring curl. And what you should be focusing on when you're doing a hamstring curl is basically keeping everything still except the knee joint. So the reason why is because what are we trying to do to a hamstring? We're trying to contract our hamstring. And what does that? Bending at the knee. Not moving our upper body about. Not throwing our hips about. That's not going to help. That's going to involve other muscle groups because your hamstring's job isn't to throw the hips about. So keep nice and stable, keep everything set in stone, create as much tightness as you can through bracing, meaning take a big breath in through, maybe if you're doing a line hamstring curl, pulling yourself forward and down is a great tip. And also keeping your core tight. And also focusing on driving your heels up, because if you drive your heels up, you will drive your thighs into the like pad, which will mean they won't move. You'll be nice and stable at the hips and at just above the knee, which is ideal. However, if you are doing a seat hamstring curl, what I'd recommend to make sure you're nice and stable is if you've got one where you get the thigh pad that clamps down on your leg, focus on either pushing yourself up and away from that. And that's called creating a counter force, which just means you're pushing yourself the opposite direction the way it's trying to push you. Or pull you. Because if you think about it, if you didn't do that, then the machine's going to move you. Eh? Because as you get stronger at it, it's going to be hard to keep in the same spot. And if you're moving about on the seat, you're not going to be able to train your hamstring well and lock in and take it all the way to failure. So, yeah, I always recommend creating that counter force or pushing yourself the opposite direction the machine's going. Because we know if we're more stable, we can produce more force, which simply means we can lift more with good form of course. So if we've got a hamstring curl variation, what I'd also recommend is a deadlift variation. So 
The reason we want a deadlift variation, like I said, is because one of the rules of the hamstring is to extend at the hips. So basically going from like being bent over to upright. And because we want to be doing that movement, a good exercise shouldn't do a lot of other things, if that makes sense. For example, a normal deadlift, yes, we're bending at the hips and we're extending at the hips, so we're doing what the hamstring wants to do to basically grow or, yeah, we're doing what the hamstring's job is, in other words, but we're also doing other things like straightening the leg, bending the knee. We're also, yeah, we're doing other we're working other body parts as well because we're doing other actions like we're if we are bending and extending at the knee and that's go, that's basically going to recruit our quads in other words uh, like a normal deadlift so we basically we don't need to isolate hip extension uh, meaning bending and extending at the hips but we should keep other things to a minimum so a good example is doing a straight leg deadlift instead of a conventional deadlift because we know we're not going to move our knee as much and or we're not going to bend and extend at the knee as much so we're not going to use our quad as much which is ideal if you're wanting to get the most out of your hamstring so that tells us yeah doing something like a straight leg deadlift maybe a Romanian deadlift uh, you could argue on paper uh, maybe what's it called I forgot the movement it just went right out my head uh, the uh, I can't remember it for the life of me. But yeah, maybe like a hyperextension. And you, I can't remember the movement. You get a movement where you put the barbell on your back like a squat, but you just focus a good morning and you focus on pushing your hips back. That's going to train your hamstring a bit better because it's not going to involve a lot of other things. And is it bad if it involves a lot of other things? Not really. There's nothing wrong with working other muscle groups, but if you're purely trying to work the hamstring and you've got weak hamstrings and you've struggled to build them in the past, then I'd probably try and get something that's going to use them a bit more than a conventional deadlift sort of thing. Uh, so yeah, in terms of the standing hamstring curl, that's something I never touched on. So if you've got a, if you've got the luxury of having your choice between a seat hamstring curl, a line hamstring curl, and a standing hamstring curl like I do, uh, what I'd recommend is, or what my opinion on the standing hamstring curl is, sorry I can't get my words out very well today, is it's pretty similar to the line hamstring curl when we think about it. So when you think about the position of your body when you're doing a standing hamstring curl, your body's in a similar position, but instead of lying down, you're simply standing up. But you're not bent at the hips, you're quite straight at the hips. Uh, the only difference is, You've not got gravity pushing you down on the line hamstring curl because you're, yeah, you're not lying on something, you're standing. Uh, and the problem with this is it's harder to keep your hips stable because you've not got yourself pushing your hips into the pad. You, you can't do it as much when you're standing. And this basically means it's, yeah, it's harder to keep your hips in the same spot, which means your hips might move and you might incorporate your lower back, which you don't want during the movement. So that can be a... Uh, negative something negative about the standing hamstring curl uh, but yeah to conclude so because the hamstring basically crosses over our hips and crosses over our knee it means it's got two actions which means it helps us 
basically its role is to bend the knee uh, and also it's to extend the hip so bending the knee is like when you're touching your heel to your bum when you're doing that and bending the hip is when you're like you're standing up on a deadlift or a straight leg deadlift so that's actions we want to replicate during our training so this means it's basically good to have a hamstring curl in our training if it's a lying if it's a seated if it's a standing we should try and do one and we should try and keep everything set in stone and only move at our knee and also to train our hamstring in the stretch position of deadlift variation is usually a good idea and that will basically let us yeah train it in the position that's stretched the muscle is stretched which is usually where we build muscle best so it makes sense to do so uh, so if you have one of each meaning one like deadlift variation and one hamstring curl variation you're probably going to be sorted in terms of training the hamstring getting hamstring growth that's all you really need uh, so yeah i hope this episode was, was valuable as always let me know if you'd like to see ones on any certain topics and uh, if you did enjoy it please feel free to like subscribe share it on your story and uh, leave me a rating and review if you can so i hope everyone has a great weekend if they're watching this or listening to it on the weekend if not have a great week Thank <music> you.